talking and I'm not and I'm just <laughs> And then I'm talking <laughs> No, but wait, wait, I have something for him. Boom, you get shot down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the news. It's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong Whoa, 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 we're doing Nas, bro. Nah, bro. We're doing flip Nas. Flip a coin, flip a coin, flip a coin. We're doing Nas. Flip, 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 flip it, flip it, flip it, flip it. Fuck it up, fuck it up. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Sorian. With me, as always, to my left is my brother, Josh. Yo, what's up, everyone? And then sitting directly in front of me is Achi. <laughs> the useless one. Damn. What? And today what? says what I know I'm from fat guy. And today we're gonna be talking about <laughs> basically <laughs> all things mummies. We're gonna be talking about the process of mummification. We're gonna talk about mummies from around the world and you know a few little maybe facts that you maybe personally didn't know about mummies and such. It's a curse. That is cursed. That is cursed. Look, you are cursed. I'm gonna just go on the record and say, and we are all cursed. <laughs> that those Brendan Fraser movies are the shit. Yes. That Tom Cruise movie could eat a dick. Yes. That could eat. I a am cuss. so upset. <laughs> <laughs> it could eat a curse. I, I am. I was so upset. I was looking forward to the to Universal's Dark Universe, which is what they're calling it. They're because they're remaking all these monster movies. They're remaking. Oh, okay. They started with Dracula. That was a fail. I enjoyed it, but it was a fail. Which one was the the remake with Dracula? The one that came out like 2014. Remember the the dude from um, what the fuck's his name? He comes out and um, the cuss dude. I forgot what the fuck, but yeah, it, I loved it, but it sucked dick. But I loved it just because I love vampires. If you uh, guys if you have noticed, so I loved it, but it sucked dick. Uh-huh. And then this Tom Cruise one, that one sucked dick. They tried to make it funny. What, the, Tom the Cruise movie one, the the new one with, oh. with with Tom Cruise. I feel like they took a whole they new direction. It. They forced it. They're Wait, trying to make it funny. The whole commercials were all like action packed well, and serious. Yeah, but Tom Cruise was like supposed to be the comedic one. Like, fuck you. You can't be the comedic. You can't movie. be the fucking funny one. Mr. Not Mission Impossible. You know what? Unless it's from the movie Tropic Thunder. No, oh no, Tom Cruise. Yeah, oh, Tom Cruise. He comes out. Yeah, he's a. Uh, uh, did you ever watch Tropic Thunder? I like seeing segments of it, but. Yeah, yeah, he comes out and he, really, yeah, he's like in makeup. It's fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. The if they would, if they wanted to reboot, what they what they should have done, they should have tied it to the Brendan Fraser movies, and been instead of making it a whole reboot, like a whole different universe, they could have mm-hmm. tied it mm-hmm. and been like, this the, the new remake of these mummy movies is gonna be about the, uh, I forgot the fuck the name, the guys in in, in the black robes, the ones that protected the the Book of the Dead. Yeah, the Guardians of the, yeah, the Guardians of Imhotep. What if the movie was about them guarding the you know? What if the like it like the movie was ah, about their point okay. of view? Ah, no, like their point of view of yeah. them of them training the new regime of how to protect it from new Imhotep. Because in the new mummy, it's not Imhotep; it's in Inot Inota, which basically is just like the girl version of Imhotep. Yeah, but yeah, they're doing that. They're doing Frankenstein. They're doing the Invisible Man. Is it the Invisible Man? The Invisible That's uh Where had again? Brad Pitt. I'm uh, not Brad Pitt. Um uh fucking um Pirates of the Caribbean. Johnny? Yeah, Johnny Depp, he's gonna yeah. be the Invisible Man. Oh fucking name. Yeah. And they already showed uh Dr. Jekyll 
in the Mummy movie. Then they show who 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 he's gonna be. He's a huge part of that movie, which was cool. In, in the Mummy movie, yeah, which Whoa. cool, but sucked. But you know, but I'm going on record saying those Brendan Fraser movies are the shit. Monkey Bone. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm already cursed. Are you ready for fun facts, Archie? No, I'm cursed. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking a. Well, just like I said, these are uh, uh, some facts that you may or may not know of or heard of or seen of because it's a curse. It's a fucking curse. But starting off, we have what's called the opening of the mouth ceremony. Oh, that's whoa, something whoa, whoa, that you might like. fucking pervs, but whoa. it's not what you expect or so I should think put, it is. So I should put away my knee pads. Yes, <laughs> please. Okay, but overall, the opening of the mouth ceremony is when ancient Egyptians believed of a person's soul to survive in the afterlife that it would need to have food and water. So, this ceremony was performed so that the person who died could eat and drink again in the afterlife. Now, in order to do this, they use certain tools, and the main tool that they use is called ADZ. Okay? A-D-Z-E. And this was a sharp cutting tool. Kind of kind of looks like an axe, in a sense, but okay. just, like, fucking old school. It's what they use today to pry open wood. Like when you when you're trying to try to split wood, yeah, we're trying to split wood. It looks yeah. kind of like a like an axe, like kind of like a like a like, thigh. No, it kind of looks like the back of a hammer. You know how the hammer you used to, oh, uh, to to take oh, off to take okay. off the like yeah, nails. Yeah, yeah. It looks like oh, so something like similar to that, mm-hmm. like between an axe and that, like okay. so like a cross between one of those. <sighs> now, Archie Moses, did you know? Because when I heard of mummification, wrapping up people, wrapping up dead, I thought they literally just wrapped them up completely. With her organs inside. Mm. Oh. But but no. Turns out that the internal organs were removed through a long incision, usually on the left side of the body. It was usually the priest who made the incision. These priests were known as Ripper Up and Slicers. slicers. That's a pretty fucking awesome name. For a priest? What's That's your daily job? I'm a slicer. I'm a Ripper Up. Hell yeah. That sounds that sounds sick. It sounds like a Jack the Ripper nickname. Another fun fact, did you know that the Egyptian lore, right, that the god of Osiris was known to be the first mummy? The god of Osiris? God of Osiris? Was the first mummy. Yes. Be record as the first mummy. Like bandaged up mummy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Oh, shame. Moving on, we have what's called the canopic jars. Now, these jars are used to store mummies' internal organs. And the canopic jars were derived from the god of Canopus. Have you heard of Anubis? Well, he was known as the god of mummification, which is why priests wore jackal masks during each mummification. Yeah, and there's, you guys have all seen these jars for the. I'm a, I'm probably gonna quote the mummy, the Brendan Fraser mummies, as 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 visual reference. With it, remember in the mummy movie when which one? Um, I think it's in all fucking four of them or all three of them. How okay. they would, it's jars, little jars. Uh-huh. And they have, there's four different jars and they have heads of different animals. One of them was the, uh, like, uh, well, yeah, it's like the head of a jackal, the head of a falcon. Oh, okay. Yeah, Those yeah. jars are the jars my brother's talking about where they stick uh-huh. their organs in each specific jar, which I'm going to get into a little later, uh-huh. is for a specific organ and, uh, and of a specific god. Ooh. Moving on to the number six fun fact. Did you know mummies weigh about five pounds? It's not that heavy. 
What? I expected the, the mummies to weigh at least like that. That uh, I didn't know that, but that makes so much sense. They have to take everything out and the part yeah. of the mummification process, which I'm gonna get to a little later, is they have to dry the shit That's out of the body. True. Five pounds? Though? Five fucking pounds, dude. Damn. I expected to, to weigh at least like. 50, yeah. 100, or like yeah. at least yeah, 100. Because, like, the bones are still there. Yeah. But I are guess bones bone. not heavy. Yeah, but, and then another thing, too, uh, we might not, the mummies we have now, we might not we might not have them for too long because they are melting and turning into just black tar. Yeah. And I was upset. We were all upset, but mostly I was upset because I woke up early. Today, we were supposed <laughs> to go. Um, to go to the uh, California Science Center to go see the King, King Tut's Tut. exhibit, and we find out it's sold out until fucking May. Until until May. Until fucking I thought May. I was like this weekend. No, until May. So everyone who has a ticket and was able to go see it, fuck you, because you deprived us of additional information nice. for it's this fucking episode. You know, you know what? It's probably the California Science Museum. They're like, nah, we want y'all to pay. I don't want you telling spreading the word about what you guys saw. And then the crazy thing is, it was it's the exhibit, which I think it had like 150 never-before-seen artifacts outside of Egypt that they brought over. Oh, really? And, what? And you get to see an IMAX movie. Yeah, there's a movie included. The movie's included. And the movie is on a fucking seven-story foot screen. Seven-story screen. That's, that's what they are promoting. That's how big their fucking theater is. Seven-story movie screen that you're watching in IMAX. How long is it, is it going for? The whole? I think it's a few months. So yeah. we still have time even. Yeah, but I think we have to buy our tickets like within the next now. two weeks to watch it around June. Around fucking June. But I really want to go just because most of the artifacts are fucking, they've never left Egypt before until now. now. Until now. And I fuck with Egypt hard. You're cursed. I fuck anyway, with Egypt hard. <laughs> Proceed. Curse All right, man. so moving on to fun fact number eight. Did you know that the mummy Ramses III was found with an amulet that protects people from snakes? So apparently, Ramses III was scared of reptiles. So he, uh, they, they mummified him with his amulet to protect him from reptiles in the afterlife. Do How you, crazy is that? Do you know? Do you know anything about the uh, about the Egyptian about ancient Egyptian afterlife about the underworld? No, it's, it's not what we think. What we think of the underworld is like you know when we think of death, it's either you go to heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. It's just like after we live here, you know, immediately go to one place or another. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe in that. They believed that after the un- after the afterlife, you'd have to prove yourself worthy. So you'd go into a different plane of existence. And that plane of existence, you have obstacles. You have to fight beasts. You have to do a bunch of shit. And then after all of that, you have to be judged to see which is where that scale comes from. You always see that scale of Anubis with the scale. Uh-huh. It's like a scale. It's just regular scale. Yeah. And they weigh your heart versus the feather of truth. So they ask you a bunch of questions. And you're supposed to answer it honestly. Uh-huh. And if you answer honestly... Your heart is not burdened, so it's lighter than the feather of justice. Uh-huh. So if the feather weighs more, that means you were a good person, and then you're able to go to their so-called heaven. Uh-huh. So their underworld is just a pit stop where you have to prove yourself. You have to fight beasts. You have to fight a bunch of shit, and I'm going to get into it a little later. You know what it sounds like? Have you seen the movie Book of Life? Which is the Book of Life? Is that that's, the other? That's Guillermo de la Toro. That's the one that people like to confuse or compare with Coco with. Yeah. Yeah. There's a part where the sun, spoiler alert, but I mean, it's been so long. <laughs> Noobs. I still haven't seen it, though. I still haven't seen Coco or that one. Go on. <laughs> noob. <laughs> There's a part where... Um, Fucking noob. I forgot his name. Now I feel like a noob. Anyways, the yeah, main character... Noob now? He goes to the underworld, and now he's trying to like go to like the... 
I guess, go back to the real world, go mm -hmm. back to, you know, where everyone's existing. And to, in order to do that, he has to do, like, various tasks. And by the end, he just needs to prove to see if he's worthy, if he's a good person, until this freaking giant Skeletor-looking thing has an axe. It's just like, all right, well, we need, to, we need to see you're worthy, blah, blah, blah. If you're worthy, then you won't die. If you... If you're not, then you're dead. And that's crazy. Yeah. And then, like my brother's mentioning, like I never put two and two together. I'm like, if you die, why are they giving? Why? Why do they still bury you with food for the afterlife? Yeah. Well, it's because in this underworld, you could die again. You could die of starvation. You could die. You could be, get beheaded. You could. You just. You don't become a spirit. You're just alive in a different plane, Gee. and you could die in that plane and. Plane of so video game. that's why he's scared of snakes. So they give him all these amulets. There's all these. Spells that I'm gonna talk to you about a little later, just in case like the snakes yeah. pop up. Fuck. Yeah. So. Okay. So that being said, just keep that in mind. What Moji said about magic spells and amulets. Okay. Because it's once I reach this fact, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck?" Okay. So moving on, we have uh, fact number eight. Now it's a question for you guys, you, Aching and Moses. All right. So how many cavities do you think King Tut's mouth had when he found? Them? How many cavities? Cavities in his teeth. It's no. either none or, or all. everything. Yeah, I'm saying none. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. He has all cavities. None, zero. Damn! What the hell? He didn't eat anything. <laughs> he don't like sugar. I mean, they probably gonna find. No, that no, that had sugar. He had. He was diabetic. And you know what else is crazy too? A lot of times, a bunch of old mummies, like old mummies, a bunch of oh well, yeah, old mummies of of ancient Egyptians. Uh -huh. They would find them with wooden grills on their teeth. Wooden grills, like you know how we have grills. Today? Let me see your what? Like yeah, like yeah, they had wooden ones as, as as their teeth. And then I was like, what the fuck? Well, every everything they ate was full of sand. Like there was sand everywhere, even you know, like, even like, in a sad witch. Fuck uh, you! Thank man. you guys. We oh are the weird history Tales podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh. That was a good one, though. I got in there. Fuck, that was a good one. <laughs> the little rascals in me I got that one. It got me, bro. Oh, my God. Yeah, so. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> I got to process this. Oh, yeah, gosh. you know, so they would. Why is he in the podcast? <laughs> so they would file their teeth down to the point where they didn't have any. Because they everything they would eat, Fuck. they were just outside there in the house. They don't have window. They don't have window, you know, window planes or anything yeah most of the times there's no doors it's just a cloth so there's sand everywhere they just got accustomed to just there's fucking sand everywhere and they would just grind their teeth down i never thought of that imagine just waking up you're just like no they wake up like <laughs> they spit out they're like shit i only woke up with that much sand hell yeah this is gonna be a good ass day <laughs> well moving on to fact number nine this is one that i was telling you about king tut's mummy Right, was found with a hundred and forty-three fucking amulets. So if it's true, he was scared. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was, was OP. He bro. was real scared. Oh, he had so many buffs in the afterlife. What no, the fuck? Yeah, and that was and that was on purpose. That was on purpose. hundred and forty-three magic. That's a lot. But like, if he's your king, if he's someone you perceive as, because pharaohs, remember, pharaohs are basically gods yeah so you want your your god to be safe so you do a bunch of rituals you give a bunch of amulets that's all grips that dude started the game three if we start like if he's like if he's playing pokemon 
if he's playing Pokemon and uh, like if he's playing like red and blue version, he's starting off with like Mewtwo, Zapdos, Moltres, all of them level ninety. That's that's what he started with. He doesn't have Pokeballs in his bag. He has Master, Master Balls, balls he, bro. He has he has he, potions. Suck my dick. I have four revives and rare candies. <laughs> Fuck you, man. But to top it off, he was also found with golden sandals. How amazing is that? He's flexing on all them dead people. He's like, fuck, fuck you. Fuck, fuck <laughs> you. He's the original two chains. But? Well, 100 and something chains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But he died at the age of 18. Wow, I was young. He was only 18? Yeah. Damn, young blood. Mm-hmm. And this just, this, this, this was just recently. They think they found the cause of death. No, they think they found his wife's um, tomb like four days ago. What? Like what? in a secret compartment. This was just like four or five days ago that they think they found King Tut's wife, like what? wife's sarcophagus. Fucking A. Yeah, so I don't know if the article was... Is there any mention that he had a wife, though? That's the thing. Like, I don't know if it's like, oh, we found her, or is it like, holy fuck, this dude was married? We'll That's get true. back to you guys on that one. True. Right. true. Just check out Instagram. Post up. Yeah. But that, that, that was just... Four days ago, I was like, holy shit. And that's how I found out about the fucking King Tut thing. Like, the day I texted you guys, I'm like, no hey, you guys want to postpone? I was like, what the fuck? And that article was like, oh, don't forget to check out King Tut's la la la. I was like, what the fuck? And I looked at it, I was like, what the fuck? And, I was, and then later that day, I was driving to pick up my girlfriend. There's a huge-ass billboard on the 710 right before you get to the 5. Yep. There's a King Tut. I was like, holy shit. Yep. Like, it's a sign. It's telling me we have to go. Mom. And then I checked this morning. We all make plans. It was going to be like fucking 14, 15 of us. And then we didn't go. And then it sold out to a fucking man. Sold out. And you just checked for the tickets today, huh? Today. I mean, even if I would have checked Friday, it would have been sold out. Yeah. Fucking asshole. That's fine. Supposedly, they've been promoting this since February. I believe it, though. I actually saw a billboard on the way back from Azusa. It's a visit oh, by yeah, yeah, for yeah. King Tut. Uh-huh. I was like, what the 215? fuck? 215? Huh? 215? Yeah. 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 You saw it, too? 215? Yeah. Or is it the, six, the 605? Isn't it 210? There's no such thing as a 210 freeway. It's one of those two. It was it was six oh five merging to I listen to the like, listen to the like, fuck. I'm sorry. Fuck, like, <laughs> dude, fuck these assholes. And then our listeners from freaking NorCal are just like why do you say the? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't say the, they're just like go five south, then go seven ten north instead of going Man. the blah 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 the blah blah. Y'all say hella, so y'all can't be judging us. It's hella hot. Shut up. Right, but then they'll be like, you say like. That's like different like, though. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, we have what's called the mummy unwrapping party. Theme party? Wait, unwrapping. You, unwrapping party? Unwrapping party. So Holy in the shame. Victorian na, na, era, na, na, na. pretty much in the Victorian era in England, the host of a party will buy mummy and what? the guests would get to unwrap it. What? And see the mummy decay just completely just first of all i want to know where the fuck you, you go buy a mummy i don't know i'll put victorian era right yeah so it's common to buy mummies as, as i was doing my research yeah oh so it's abundance but 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 like they just did it just for fun it wasn't no meaning to it was just hey let's unwrap a fucking mummy and just hey but that it's morbid but that kind of makes sense because why Victor- like what why well not, like well because back then they were obsessed with all of that shit that's where the greatest horror stories ever came from the Victorian era. They were obsessed at that point in time. 
medic medicine was booming, so they were like short of bodies. Like the like this is a, like a true story for those of you who do not know. But when people when 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 they were getting into like dissecting the body and stuff like that, mm. there was a, sh- a shortage of bodies. So institutions and hospitals would pay gravediggers to sneak into graveyards and dig up the most recent oh, bodies. So there was a lot of that going on. So all that blood, all that shit, it was just, it wasn't like it is today. It wasn't taboo. It was just like another different thing, which is why all these horror stories came out. You know, the Jekyll and Hyde, the Dracula, the werewolves, all these stories came from a specific t- point in time just because there was so much around them that it was just like, it's just like, every, like I said, it's just everywhere around them. But yeah, it's still creepy though. Imagine just taking a dead body to your house. It's like, oh shit, let's go to Achi's house. Why? What's going on this Friday? He has a fucking mummy. Oh, we're doing some rapping. Hell yeah, in there. And now that you mentioned science, did you know that mummies have been used to calibrate CAT scan machines for hospitals at the levels of radiation that would be too dangerous for a living person that, to be used? That makes sense. <laughs> that. Like, yeah. did they turn on the machine and it's, like, too high? Like, no, 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 we got to lower it. That would kill someone that's fucking alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're not going to do that. Bring nice. in the next one. That's crazy. Imagine. I know well, you can't imagine. give me that wink? <laughs> Try to put me in there? Well, you said imagine, so I'll give you a wink, bro. Jeez. Imagine. Get the fuck out of here. Well, hey. You curse, bro. It's a curse. Did you know in Egypt... Cats were thought to be a very sacred animal. That I did know. Yep. They were thought to bring good luck and could kill vermin and poisonous snakes. You know animals? I knew they were sacred. I just didn't know the reason why. That makes sense. Kill poisonous snakes. I'm pretty sure there's snakes everywhere. True. You know what I mean? Sick them. Did you know in the Roman era, Egyptian mummies were sometimes found with a portrait of themselves on wooden boards? About 900 of these portraits are known to exist today. So you're telling me they had selfies? Pretty much. Nice. Wooden selfies. So they're like, in case I look kind of funky, is how I look like back in the day. And then, on top of that, people that were buried in their sarcophaguses, the, sar- the sarcophagus was supposed to be made into what the person looked like. So... The face of the sarcophagus is supposed to be the face of the person buried inside. Oh. I did not know that. And I'll mention that a little later when I talk about death masks. What you got? Talk what? About death masks. That sounds fucking awesome. It's just masks they put on dead people. So, did you know two 3,000-year-old mummies were found in Scotland? These mummies were made out of six other individual body parts, which have come to be known as the Frankenstein mummies. That's crazy. Repeat that again? Yeah. So two 3,000-year-old mummies were found in Scotland. And these mummies were made out of six other individual body parts, which have come to be known and as the a Frankenstein, Frankenstein mummy. mummies. Why is that not a movie yet? That sounds know. sick as fuck. I'm going to watch it. As long as it's Brendan Fraser, I'm done. Now, did you know that ancient Egyptians mummified their pets to keep them company in the afterlife? True. How cute is that? True. Or fucked up. Yeah, because... Right? Because let's say the owner, whatever, he died. And he was like, after I die, I want my pet to be mummified with me. Would you do that? Dog's like, no, bro. Yeah. I'm still alive. No, like, that was, co- like, not common. But it would happen where 
the husband would die. And like, oh, well, he wants his two wives or his wife to be buried with him. She's 22. Oh, uh, gotta, you know, take her out. I'm doing the gun motion, but there was no guns back then. You know, but they would just take her out and she'd be buried with her. Always be loyal. And then, and then a lot of times, like, I don't know. Okay, not a lot of times, but sometimes they wouldn't even bury them. They'll just stay in the in, in the tomb. All right, yeah, just close it up. What the fuck? It's nice knowing you. Yeah. Did you know it is estimated that seven million mummies were made in Egypt over the three thousand years of the ancient civilization? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Only say that number. Seven thousand? Seven million. Oh shit! That's how I was like. Say that number again. I- 70 million. 70? 70 million? Yes, Bro, I, what, what, which one is I, it? 7,000, 70 million, or 70 million? <laughs> 7 million. Let me repeat that once more. It is estimated that 70 million, 70 million. mummies 70 were made million? in Egypt over the 3,000 years of the Where Egypt are they all? 70 million. They all disintegrated? A lot of times mummies weren't. Well, uh, correctly? No, not even mummies. Well, that. But a lot of times mummies weren't royalty. I mean, weren't pharaohs. Yeah. It was just people with money. So, you know what I mean? So, a lot of times you find mummies and they're like in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. I mean, royalty is a, the correct term yeah. to be used. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And then um, for everybody else that would die, they wouldn't bury them in a sarcophagi or in a tomb. You know, they, no one had that kind of money. They Yeah. They literally just wrap them in, in, in like in a, like in a cobija, like in a, in a sheet. Yeah. And just dig a ditch like two, three feet and just throw them in the desert. Yeah, what's the term? The thing, the the linen or the uh, the linen or whatever it's the wrap. Egyptian the wrap. cotton. Yeah, there's, there's a proper term for the wrappings that you use. Toilet paper. Like that. Yeah, toilet <laughs> fucking paper. I'm like, yeah. So we all know when Achi when Achi hits kicks the bucket, we're gonna wrap him in toilet paper <laughs> and bury him in fucking Hesperia. Lancaster, bro. Fuck. Better put me under a big old house. Now what? for the last. Interesting fact. Did Emotep. you know you're a course? <laughs> Emotep. Describe Emotep, Moses, from the movie Mummy. Emotep was this, he was badass, right? He was bald, Vin Diesel bald. He had that dad bod, but like that good dad bod. The one that turned into a scorpion? I don't know. That's fucking, no, the one that fought the scorpion king. There Emotep go. was the one. Emotep was the one that killed the killed the king in the first one. And he brought, he was brought, he was bring, trying to bring back um, what was her name? We trying to bring back one that one chick, and he fell oh, in the tar. Yeah, and he fell yeah. in the tar. Uh-huh. And the second one is when he's in London, and they bring him up from the tar, and he's re- resurrected him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Emotep was uh, just a bad priest. He was just a shitty priest, like a like a black magic priest. Ah. And it was all a lie, because <laughs> Emotep did not have superpowers. Instead, Emotep was an inventor of the pyramid. He was an architect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, the it, designs it, of a blueprint. It uh, was, and yeah. it wasn't a lie. He yeah. was based on that guy. Yeah. Like the uh, Emotep was based on the character. But I believe the actual Emotep had superpowers. How awesome would that be? Do you know the word voodoo? <laughs> good, 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 good. So yeah, so he was uh, the inventor of the pyramid, an architect, right? A high priest, a physician, an astronomer. He was a uh, he was one of the he was one of Egypt's most versatile geniuses, and the individual of non royal birth to be promoted to the godhood. 
Damn. It was that good at a time. Exactly. It was that OP. And to be considered godhood from a non-royal that's uh, unheard aspect, of. It, it, it's, it, was, it was extremely rare. That's like, in today's terms, that's like, if you're playing basketball in like, Linwood, uh-huh. and then like, someone sees you and they sign you to like, the Lakers. That's not gonna, it never happens. Yeah. It's like that. But, and then another thing too, they're starting to believe that the pyramids weren't built by slaves. Aliens. Aliens. That's that's what no all right, that's what that's how they actually were built. But <laughs> they're saying the people you know, in their theory it wasn't it wasn't actually slaves, they were actual workers. Because they're saying it doesn't make sense that slaves were so good at building these pyramids. Because let's face it, if you were a slave, you're not gonna try fucking hard to build all these things. So they were actual laborers, they were actual unions. These were people that were that were skilled in building cornerstones. These people were built were really good at moving stones and they would hire these people they wouldn't get paid in money because they were like a lot of times money wasn't a necessity to, to a certain degree give me they food would, and water close food and beer food and beer lit. yeah and because that's what most of the people you know they just go out and hunt their own food or just uh-huh. trade you know just, just trade uh-huh. so they're starting to believe that it wasn't and it kind of makes sense like all these pyramids were built immaculately try to make someone you try to force someone to make something perfect. They're not going to do it. Imagine doing doing it to millions of people for hundreds of thousands of years. These were workers, and they're trying to throw that theory out. Like it wasn't. Sla- I mean, maybe maybe they used slave labor, like for, for some things. For yeah, for for but like to think it was like like what like a hundred thousand slaves built one pyramid. That's not no, because these were all pre- you know they were built precise. They were they were cut. You know, like like you've, like you've seen mm-hmm. these motherfuckers are like mathematically built like you could do equations on the, the fucking on the point and all the all this shit yeah yeah it's another fun fact for y'all that one's free did you do you guys know the steps of or the, let me trace let me refresh. do you guys know the process of mummification i didn't know that it was it was like nine steps there's Wasn't nine it just steps? two die and then totally paper yeah. well you summarize it. Die yeah. or against toilet paper. How long yeah. do you think it takes for someone to be turned into a mummy? I'll say if, like a week. A mummy. What if I told you that there's a step that, uh, that takes 70 days in between? Dehydration? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. So the process, you know, so for the process of a mummification, the ancient Egyptians believed that when a person died, they made a journey to the next world, Duat, like I mentioned earlier. But in order for them to live in the next world, their body had to be preserved. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had a shitty body here, you're gonna have a shitty body over there. Jeez. So I'd be fucked. We're all fucked. A body that has been preserved is called a mummy, of course. Mm-hmm. After death, to stop the decom- the decomposing process, they deprive the tissues of moisture and oxygen. The earliest Egyptians buried their dead in shallow pits in the desert. The hot, dry sand quickly removed moisture from the dead body and created a natural mummy. However, the Egyptians discovered that if the body was first placed in a coffin, it would not be preserved. In order to ensure that the body was preserved, the ancient Egyptians began to use a process called mummification to produce their mummies. This involved embalming the body and then wrapping it in thin strips of linen. I didn't know this. That's the word. Linen. I didn't know this, but like I mentioned, I didn't know this before this, but the mummification process took around 70 fucking days. But if you're like me... And want to mu- and want to mummify some shit. Here, how's you go about it? 
So the first step is whoa, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who are you going to mummify, bro? Watch what you keep sleep, it up. Josh. Just, keep just, it up with what? Just keep it. All right. So the first step. That's good. You're good. You insert I'm a good. hook through a hole near the nose and you pull out the brain. Put out part of the brain. That was. A hooked instrument, you know, was used to remove the brain through the nose. The brain was not considered to be important and was just thrown away of, of, of everything. The brain was like, fuck, you know, fuck this. You don't need knowledge. You need golden sandals, bro. Two. Well, they valued the heart more. Yeah, they valued the heart because the heart was like, well, I mentioned that. Oh, okay. Two. You make a cut on the left side of the body near the stomach. A cut was made on the left side of the abdomen and the internal organs, intestines, liver, lung, stomach were removed the heart which the ancient egyptians believed to be the center of emotion and intelligence not the brain was left in the body for use in the next life the third step you let the internal organs dry the body and the internal organs were packed with salt for 40 days to remove all moisture so that jar was just full of fucking salt the fourth you place the lungs intestines stomach and liver inside the canopy jars the dried organs were wrapped in linen and placed in those canopy jars the lid of each jar was shaped to represent one of horus's four sons imseti who had a human head he was the guardian of the liver happy or h-a-p-y hoppy who had the head of a baboon he was the guardian of the lungs the kebe senuf who had the head of a falcon was the guardian of the intestines oh. and then the duamatef who had the head of a jackal, was the guardian of the stomach. The fifth step is you place the heart back inside the body. They would take it out and you just put it back in. So dehydrate it and then put it back in. Gotcha. Six, you rinse inside of the body with wine and spices. So you you basically, you fill up the body and you just shake it up. Rinse it out. No, I'm just playing. That's not how you did it, but you you rinse out the body. Take a swig off of that. Some, that's, some, that's a michelada, technically. Hey, Ramses, let's shake up King Tut a little bit. Se- step seven. <laughs> After 40 days, you stuff the body with linen, with linen or sand, ah. to give it more of a human shape, or else it just be deflated as fuck. The body was wrapped in linen bandages. About 20 layers were used, and, the, and this took 15 to 20 days. Just to wrap a mummy? Just to wrap a mummy. Because you have to do it precisely. Ah. Step number eight. After 70 days, Take forever. you wrap the body from head to toe in bandages. A death mask was placed over the bandages, which I mentioned earlier was just basically a mask to put on dead people. The bandaged oh, body. That's it? Yeah. All that hype. But <laughs> like it hates you, bro. <laughs> the, the bandaged fuck? body was placed in a shroud. Which is basically a large sheet of cloth, which was then secured with linen strips. And then the last and final step is just place the body in the sarcophagus. Yeah. And that's your mummy. Nah, bro. I'm probably more from the death mask. Now, uh, going back look, to sarcophagus, you said that, that the shape of the head of the sarcophagus is meant to display the shape of the person. The, that, per- the person's face of the sarcophagus. So the so when someone died, they were pl- be placed in the sarcophagus. Uh-huh. The outside of the sarcophagus was supposed to look like the person being buried inside. What about the death mask? The death, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Damn. It's like what are those little, what are the, the yeah the, the Russian those the Russian, Russian dolls? dolls? You open it, yeah. it's smaller and smaller and smaller, except it's just like dead people's faces. Yeah. Oh, that's how you look. Oh, that sounds pretty oh, fucking shit. Oh fuck. Yeah. Fucking hey. 
It's a fucking curse. And then after you know, and then after people died, um, there were something called death rituals, which is what people would do, kind of like for like funeral purposes. Uh-huh. So these death rituals were practiced by the ancient Egyptians, which these death rituals included embalming and mummification, which I discovered. The mummies of dead Egyptians were placed in man-shaped coffins, which was decorated with a likeness of the deceased. The coffins were then placed in a protective stone sarcophagus. These are well-known death rituals, but there were other extremely important death rituals which were practiced, including the opener-in-the-mouth ritual, which my brother mentioned a little earlier, which I'm going to get into a little deeper. The key element in ancient Egyptian religion revolved around ritual. Rituals included the ceremonies of the priests, sacrifices, and magic incantations, which I'm going to get to a little later, and spells. These rituals were believed to be essential to both the living and the dead. So, one of the, well, a death ritual. One of the death rituals would be the funeral procession. So, the funeral procession was an element of death rituals in ancient Egypt. So, after seventy days following the death of a person, an elaborate funeral procession headed towards the designated tomb of the deceased. The mummy lies in a coffin on a bier, which is basically a slab. You guys have seen them before. They use them in um, Assassin's Creed. They use them in a lot of movies and games. So it's basically just a huge piece of plywood where they place a coffin and there's wheels. And you just push it forward. Okay. That's what they used in the old days because they didn't have fucking um, cars. Mm-hmm. So they will use. So the, uh, the mummy lies on a bier, which is protected by effigies of gods. Oxen pull the sledge to the desert following the musicians who headed the procession. Wailing mourners followed the procession, accompanied by priests, some wearing animal masks. The jackal-masked impersonator of the god Anubis was a key figure in these death rituals. Servants, or slaves, followed carry the items that would be buried with the mummy in the tomb. The possessions of the deceased included furniture, clothes, jewelry, and cosmetics. I'd be, I'd be pissed as fuck, oh, fuck through the desert. Through the fucking desert. You got me fucked up. I <laughs> A fresh foreleg of a sacrificial calf. A what? A leg of a calf. A leg of a cow. That's, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. that's what you would need. Uh-huh. Poultry, meat, and vegetables were also taken for the death sacrifices. The procession terminated when the location of the tomb was reached and the opening of the mouth death rituals commenced, which is what you mentioned. Yeah. Earlier, so the opening of the mouth ceremony was one of the most important death rituals of the ancient Egyptians. The ancient Egyptians believed that the death rituals performed during these ceremonies revived the mummified senses of the deceased so that he could eat, drink, and speak in the next world. The death rituals performed in the opening of the mouth ceremony was as follows. So the ancient Egyptian coffins were usually anthropoid coffins, meaning man-shaped, the mummy in its coffin was held in the standing position facing south by the jackal masked impersonator of anubis who was an embalming priest like my brother mentioned earlier a close member of the family burnt incense the women around they cried and wailed loudly garlands of flowers were sometimes draped around the neck of the coffin cosmetics were applied to the likeness painted on the coffin another priest chanted potent spells which i'll mention a little later and death sacrifices were made of the food and drink 
while the calf leg that they brought was still spurting fresh blood. So they had to make this calf leg just spurt blood while everything was going on. Ritual purification. That's a fucking image. (laughs) Was conducted using salt and cow's milk. So and then that calf's leg thing. I don't think that's like something that was in the back of the room. No one. I'm pretty sure it was like front and center while they're doing everything. So the mysterious open in the mouth death rituals were performed using the main tools of the embalmer and the coffin maker. A priest touched the mouth, eyes, ears, and nose with an adze, which, like my brother mentioned earlier, a tool similar to an axe with an arched blade at right angles to the handle used for cutting or shaping large pieces of wood. So you, so they used this in order to awaken the senses of the deceased and could accept food sacrifices. When the food, when the opening of the mouth ceremony and other death rituals had been completed, the coffin and mummy was finally placed in a sarcophagus and sealed in the tomb. The ancient Egyptian death rituals often ended with a feast and a celebration as the disease, as the deceased had started their journey into the glorious afterlife. So those are some of the death rituals that happened after someone after seventy days, after someone was embalmed. I'm so mad about the furniture thing, bro. Hell no, I ain't doing anything. So when somebody died, someone someone's dying and everyone's walking behind them. A lot of the people walking behind them were carrying the you know the dead person's belongings. Some of the belongings included furniture. I'd be mad as fuck if I had to carry a dead person's sofa. Like the, the one that we have right here. Yeah, like this one. Imagine. And I'm pretty sure that, and I'm pretty sure they had it heavier. I'm pretty sure they didn't use cheap wood, wood, stone, stone. Fuck out of here. Water beds. So let me get into some water beds. <laughs> Keep going. Ignore. So I'm going to get into <laughs> the Egyptian magic spells that they use during these death rituals. I'll put a spell on you, bitch. So the pyramid texts, for those of you that don't know, that do not know, are a collection of ancient Egyptian religious texts from the time of the Old Kingdom. They're written in Old Egyptian, and the pyramid texts were carved on the walls and sarcophagi of the pyramids during the 5th and 6th sixth dynasties of the Old Kingdom. The oldest of the texts have been dated between 2400 and 2300 B.C. Unlike the later coffin texts and Book of the Dead, the pyramid texts were reserved only for the pharaoh and were not illustrated. So the pyramid texts, the coffin texts, and the Book of the Dead carry a majority of Egyptian magic spells used for burial rituals. And a little more about the Book of the Dead. That Book of the Dead is an ancient Egyptian funerary text used from the beginning of the New Kingdom, which is around 1550 BC to around 50 BC. The original Egyptian name for the text, translated as Book of Coming Forth by Day, another translation would be Book of Emerging Forth into the Light. Book quote-unquote, is the closest term to describe the loose collection of these texts, consisting of a number of magic spells intended to assist a dead person's journey through the dua. So basically, these are cheat codes that people used for the afterlife. So you don't start fresh. It's like you start GTA, and immediately you start putting all those cheat codes for the infinite life, the tanks, and all of that. That's what these were. They all had game sharks, bro. Fucking buffs, bro. They're all buffs. Perfect. So the Egyptian Book of the Dead 
was basically an ancient survival guidebook which contained magical spells and instructions instructions to ensure safe passage through the dangers of the underworld. Protective spells were cast and amulets, like my brother mentioned earlier, some went a little overboard, but anyways, containing magic spells played an important role in, the, in these ancient Egyptian burial rituals. A papyrus scroll containing spells from the Book of the Dead was often buried with wealthy Egyptians to help them leave their tombs and make their perilous journey through the underworld. So the Book of the Dead alone contained nearly 200 of these, we're going to call them cheat codes, Egyptian magic spells designed to help with the obstacles that would be met in the underworld to want, like protection from beasts, demons, traps, and other spells to aid in the numerous series of tests the individual will encounter. The spell would need to be recited to pass each test to guarantee a safe passage to the terrifying trials which led to the Hall of Two Truths, where their actions and their mortal lives will be examined. The ancient Egyptians believed that when the people died, their souls would proceed to the Hall of Two Truths, where they had to proclaim to Ma'at, which is mentioned earlier, later, that they were innocent of a whole list of sins that would offend. Ma'at, or Mayet, was the ancient Egyptian concept of truth, balance, order, law, morality, and justice. So this is like I mentioned earlier, where you'd go up to someone and they'd weigh your heart with a series of questions. The magic spells from the Book of the Dead were contained in different chapters. Some of the magic spells from the Book of the Dead included magic spells relating to the burial ritual, magic spells relating to the safety of the heart and the soul of the diseased, including a spell to open the tomb for the soul and to let a man return to see his house on earth. I don't know why you would want to go back to see your house on earth, but fuck it. Magic spells relating to safety in the underworld, like not to die again, like not to rot in the underworld. Spells from preventing a man's head to be cut off. Spells of transformation in the forms of snakes, phoenix, hawks, swallows, etc., etc. That's OP, man. What you, that's overpowered. And a little something called magic spell one, two, five. One, two, five. Whether you're asking what the fuck is magic spell one, two, five. Prestige. Magic spell one, two, five is the best known fucking spell of the Book of the Dead and was included in every fucking papyrus buried with diseased Egyptians. Spell one, two, five deals with the dead soul's judgment by Osiris and the 42 judge deities who were faced in the Hall of the Truth and the Underworld. The soul of the deceased had to recite the Declaration of Innocence, which was addressed to Osiris and consisted of the denial and sinful actions in order to assure Osiris that he has lived a good life. The deceased then addressed the 42 judges by name and denied a further 42 transgressions. Only by giving the correct responses would the deceased be tested with the feather of truth. And if successful, and if successful Guided to the afterlife by Osiris. This is this is interesting as fuck. The denial, the denials of sinful actions such as, I have not lied, I have not robbed, I have not killed, etc., etc., mm-hmm. containing these magic spells, has led to speculation that these were the bases of the Ten Commandments contained in the Bible. Because remember, Moses was raised in Egypt, and he would have been familiar with these Egyptian magic spells 
So they're thinking like, oh, this is where they borrowed it from or this is where it emanated from. We're not Roman Catholics. We're Egyptian Catholics. That's And then, you know, just some random spells, you know, that, that there was in the book, you know, like random spells taken from the Book of the Dead are spells for not working in the underworld. I want that one. That's magic spell 06. Nah, bro. You got to I want that one. one. Magic spells 22 and 23 were spells to give a mouth to the to the diseased. So if to the deceased, not diseased, uh, like, deceased. Like so you need a. So if you went in the underworld, you had no mouth. Magic spell twenty four was to bring words of power. Magic spell twenty six to give heart to the disease, and there's other ones you know to prevent the heart of a man to be taken from him in the underworld. Another one for not letting a man's head to be cut off from him in the underworld. Spells for not dying again in the underworld, for not rotting in the underworld. To assume the form of a phoenix, to assume the form of a horned snake, to assume the form of a divine hawk, for not entering the god's execution block. Like, there's literally spells for every fucking thing. <clears throat> every little thing that you can imagine, like, shit, what if he's yeah. up on a, you know, like, what if he's up on a mountain and he needs water? Oh, let's make a spell, for, you know, Infinite for a fountain. Infinite water. Yeah. You know what would be funny? If the spells didn't work. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> You go the dude's fuck. Like, How fucked would it be if they give him books of spells, right? This dude's like, cool, fuck it. He puts them in a bag, and he just forgets the bag and just takes off. He's like, oh, shit. He's like checking his pockets. Where the fuck did I leave that one? He's the next danger. He's just like, oh, I got. And then another thing, too. If you're, if you're presented with a danger... How much time do you think you fucking have that you're going to be able to swift through this fucking book? There's no pause for you to go through this book to look for the correct spell. You know what they didn't give me? Fucking bookmarks. Don't they recite the spell for him so he'll be buffed when he's on? No, they have to to write it in the papyrus for him to recite it. Oh, for him or her? Him. Him, Oh, yeah, him or her. More than likely him because, yeah. Yeah, us men, we've been pieces. This is a man's world. Yeah, like, like we've been pieces of shit for a long time. And then here's another thing. What if you give someone so many spells, but you forget to give the motherfucker a mouth? How's he going to recite those <laughs> spells? <laughs> you know Fuck, what I mean? that would suck so much dick, dude. Oh, Damn. my gosh. So now, we've talked a lot about Egypt and about uh, Egyptian mummies. A lot. So, Egyptian I'm going to take... Titties? No? no. What? Okay. What? Don't be disintegrating, bro. Mummy titties? In that, in that unwrapping party that you're talking about? Mm. Oh, a bunch no of perverts. One. No one. Nothing's going to happen. So I'm going to take this to a slightly different direction. Now I'm going to talk about mummies from around the world, not from Egypt, obviously. So mummies everywhere except from Egypt. Correct. What you got against so, Egypt, bro? Yeah, what the no, fuck? No, no. I, just, I mean, I just want to, you know, because there's, there's this whole traditional mummification there are, I guess, other ways to mummify something. Yeah, the different cultures have re- their own. It's yeah. really just like how well preserved the body is after it dies. That's really what it is. What it really comes down to. And the first one that I want to talk about is actually by Vladimir Lenin, where he was mummified in the Red Square in Moscow, Russia. So now before I want to talk to you about how he got mummified and whatnot, I want to talk to you a little bit about who Vladimir Lenin is. So Vladimir Lenin was born as Vladimir Ilik Ulunov in 1870. I know I freaking butchered the shit out of that. 
but he was one of the most controversial leaders of the 20th century. Through his ruthless tactics and vision for social and political change, Vladimir Lenin had many accomplishments in his own right, including founding the Russian Communist Party, leader of the 1917 Bolshevik Revolution, and being the head of the newly named Soviet Union. As a diehard Marxist extremist, he believed in radically changing the old Russia led by the bourgeoisies or the exploiting capitalists and giving the power back to the working class. But of course, the working class that Lenin himself felt suited for. Lenin was most notable for conducting what's called the Red Terror, where Lenin and his men used savage tactics to basically kill off his opposition and anyone who was part of his political agenda. Of course, there is no way that Lenin was going to impose his political agenda on people without having some kind of backlash. Lenin was shot at by opposition party and although he survived his assassination attempt, he was never the same again. After not one stroke, not two strokes, not even three strokes, after four strokes later, Lenin finally passed away on January 21st of 1924. Now, instead of burying him, the Soviet Union wanted to remember their leader, as he was when he was alive. Vladimir Lenin's corpse was removed of all bodily organs and embalmed and put on display in a mausoleum in the Red Square. Since he was put on the display, his mummified body is re-embalmed in a special solution every other year, as well as fixing and maintaining it from any imperfections including mold, wrinkles, and even lost eyelashes. It is estimated that the annual cost for maintaining his body from decaying is about $200,000 paid for by Russia. So just because they want to keep him looking the way he is, costs $200,000 annually. Four fucking strokes though. I thought you guys meant like strokes. I thought you guys meant like strokes. Yeah. And then another like weird thing, I don't know if you're going to bring it up, but when you know, what, what communist, when communism was huge in Russia, they would change his suit every year. But ever since, you know, the communism kind of ended, mm-hmm. sort of, not really, but when it Traditional ended. Traditional communism, yeah, yes. Now they change his suit every five years instead of every year. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to a different area now. Let's talk about Rainbow Valley, located in Mount Everest, Nepal, China. So now, not all mummies are to be found deep beneath the earth or even in a coffin or tomb. In fact, about 200 mummies can be found tens of thousands of feet above sea level. Rainbow Valley is a name that was given in area of Mount Everest where climbers that were wearing fluorescent clothing have lost their lives in attempting to climb Mount Everest. Since its first successful reach to the summit by Sir Edmund Hillary and Sherpa Tenzing of Norway in 1953, there has been an estimated total of about 4,000 successful climbs to the top of Mount Everest. Since 1953, there has been much more common for people to attempt to climb Mount Everest with an average of about 1,000 climbers uh, attempting to face the behemoth. Appa Sherpa has been recorded to successfully reach the top of Mount Everest a total of 21 times. What? And has been nicknamed, quote, Super Sherpa. So, unfortunately, however, not everyone has been this successful. 
21 times. 21 times back and forth to the top, the tippy top. What the f- Why? I talk to Super Surf Bro. Fucking man. So now, in 1921, George Malley, along with his two-man exhibition, were the first recorded climbers on Mount Everest for the purpose of not trying to reach to the summit of Mount Everest, but for mapping and reconnaissance at the time. Since there was really no sort of maps of Mount Everest at higher altitudes, they decided to make that journey themselves. This expedition proved to be treacherous when Mallory was separated from his team and was lost in the mountain. Now, fast forward 75 years later, some climbers were making their trip to the summit when they found themselves a body whom they believed had already passed away sort of recently. When they examined the body, they found it to be much older, in fact. It was actually the body of George Mallory, the first man, along with his expedition of three others, who were attempting to excavate and map out Mount Everest. What? Now, when they found the body of George Mallory, all his skin was still fully intact. The only difference was that his skin was at a very light bluish tint from frostbite. And further examining the body, they noticed that the, there was a rope tied around and they assumed that his death was due to a deadly fall from the mountain. Imagine being found 75 years later and still looking pretty much the same. It's cold up there. That's crazy. Real cold. Now, I don't know who the hell mentioned this. I feel like it was Chuy. But the next mummy, or mummies, son Las Momias de Guanajuato. That's a fucked up story, bro. It is. Located in El Museo de las Momias in Guanajuato, Mexico. And sorry to cut you off, but if you guys want to know more about the, you guys want more in-depth pictures, masked. My mom and my sister to send me the pictures of the pictures. Did of they go? Yeah, they went. I think hey. last year they have video and pictures of the momias they went to Cuatro. Hey. So I haven't sent it to me and I posted it upon their Instagram. So now, as you mentioned, the story of the momias of Guanajuato is a pretty fucked up yet interesting one to talk about. Around the 19th century, there was a local tax that was imposed on the living relatives of the recently deceased. Those who were unable to pay for the corpse to be kept in their resting place were actually unearthed. Gravediggers noticed that the bodies have looked um, have looked at the, as if they've been naturally mummified. Due to the climate of the area, the bodies um, have actually been preserved naturally, and many of them were still holding terrifying facial expressions. Some say that the mummies had these facial expressions because they're often buried alive due to an outbreak of cholera. The digging continued up until 1958 when it became prohibited to dig up graves, which at this point, about a hundred mummies have been unearthed. Now, the local gravesite has been displayed in a museum that is still functioning to this day. And then also in that museum, you know, because, you know, like we all heard Mexico is kind of like a poor country mm-hmm. when it comes to like outside of the big cities. Mm-hmm. And that museum houses the corpses of fam- of people who cannot afford to keep them in the graveyard because mm-hmm. they get charged. A lot of times people just can't afford, like they don't have enough to pay for the people to die. To I mean, for the people buried. who have died to stay buried. 
So they just donate them to that museum, and that museum houses them. So they keep on adding more mummies? I'm, I don't know if they, if they keep going or if they stopped at a certain point, but I'm sure they keep adding them because, you know, eventually some of the old ones, they probably go to shit. So they, they replace them replace for newer them. ones. Yeah. But it's a huge tourist attraction, so I'm pretty sure they just could they could just keep adding more yeah. more space for them. But like, yeah. when I when I, but when I found out about that a few years ago, I was like, that is fucked. At first I thought it was like, oh, you know, some Indians or some Native Americans from that land that passed away. I thought that's what it was, but no, it's actually just like people from a few years back that just got dig up because their family couldn't afford to keep them on the ground or in the ground. Yeah, just uh, these graveyards are like, hey man, like pay up, we cough up, or we dig <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah. Now the next one, this is a trip, is of Ro- Rosalia Lombardo, notably known as Sleeping Beauty. That one's fucking scary. So now, that Rosalia is a very well-preserved mummy of a two-year-old Italian girl who died of pneumonia in 1920. She was born in 1918 in Palermo, Sicily, and died on December 6th of 1920. According to historians, her father was so utterly devastated over his daughter's death that he reached out to the famous embalmer, Dr. Alfredo Salafia. The reason she earned her name Sleeping Beauty is because she is so well preserved that when you look at her, it looks as though the little girl is just sleeping. Everyone was so impressed by how she was preserved it wasn't every day that human bodies could be easily preserved the way she was. That is until about 90 years later when the secret came out. It said that the body was preserved with a vaccination which uh, contained a mixture of uh, formalin, zinc salts, alcohol, cyclic acid, and glycerine. She was the last corpse to be admitted to the Capuchin catacombs of Palermo, Sicily. The chemical formalin is now widely used by embalmers and its mixture of formaldehyde and water which kills bacteria. And Dr. Salafia was one of the first to actually use this method bef- um, for embalming the bodies. Alcohol, along with the um, conditions of the catacombs, would have just dried her body, which would was what probably caused her to mummify in that condition. Glycerin would have kept her body from drying out completely and cyclic acid prevents the growth of fungi. Melissa Williams, executive director of the American Society of Embalmers, states that the most of her preservation was credited to the fact that zinc salts that were used in what's responsible for the nearly perfect slash amazing state of rosin's preservation. Although zinc is no longer used in embalmers in the U.S., zinc is what gave her her rigidity it said that if you take her out of her caster and stand her up she would stand up by herself and then there's been creepy accounts or videos that they have seen uh her eyes blink yeah her black there's there's a time-lapse video of i think it's like 12 hours where her eyes look like this completely shut and then the next picture and then they're open and then again, it goes back to being shut. Yeah, it was like a two-hour time lapse or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. And she's the cat, and she's one of the catacombs' biggest attractions. So they kind of like that fact that people are talking about that she's scary or whatever. Now, moving away from human mummifications, 
Now let's talk about oy, some. Oy. That's the one he was talking about. The the um, mummified guy. So the next one is going to be on not a human, but an animal. But not just any animal. This animal was from 41,000 years ago during the Ice Age. This one's on Luba the Woolly Mammoth. Now, Luba the Woolly Mammoth is actually one of the most recent discoveries that have been discovered in 2007. She was found trapped in ice by a father, Yuri Kuti, and three of his sons that were herding reindeer in Siberia. The father noticed that the remains resembled a woolly mammoth, so he contacted the local museum asking what should he do with the recent discovery. And they told him that a team of research will come in and pick up the mammoth for more examination. When researchers arrived, however, the mammoth was gone as an original state. It was believed that poachers came and stole the mammoth to sell it for high profit, and so a search party began. Much to their luck, Yuri and his friend actually found the mammoth in the local town displayed outside a storefront porch. The oh, store, shit. The store owner actually claimed that Yuri's cousin was the one that sold him the mammoth. And now with help of the museum and the police, they were able to reclaim it back. Unfortunately, however, as it was left outside in the store, part of Luba's trunk and tail were actually chewed off by dogs. But other than that, Luba is actually still the most complete woolly mammoth that was discovered till this day. As I mentioned, this 41-year-old, 41,000-year-old uh, woolly mammoth, Luba, is currently held in Australia Museum until May 13th of this year. So, down for a road trip or what? To Australia, down. Last last time is gonna be on uh, May 13th. Oh shit, we got like a what a little less than a, a little over a month to save up to go to fucking Australia. True, true. I'm true. in there. We're gonna start a Patreon. So I fund us. us so you could <laughs> go check out Luba. So you could so you could the fucking fund us dying over in Australia. True, true. They're saying that when they found uh, Luba, that she actually died. I think it was like sixty day, like sixty days old. She was 60 days old when she died. Oh, so she was just a baby. Mm-hmm. They found like a lot of mud and gunk inside her, her body. It's probably that, you know, she was trying to get, a, get a, a drink or something at some pond or some lake. And then she got trapped in the mud or whatever and then kind of suffocated and died. Suffocated in a bog. Bam. Yep. Now the last one, as an added bonus, I added one more mummy to close my segment. And that is the Minnesota Iceman. Minnesota Iceman. So during the 1960s, 70s, this large Bigfoot-like creature was put on display all around North America in carnivals and other locations. As people marveled in its discovery, many believe that this is to be the missing link between ape and man. Frank Hansen was the name of the owner of the creature who claimed that he was only doing this exhibition so that they could find the real owners of this creature, but many of us probably assume that obviously that isn't true. Flocks of people marveled in his sight to the point when they even interested that that even it interested the father of cryptozoologist himself, Bernard Hubelmans. He, along with another self-acclaimed cryptozoologist, went to Hansen's home where he kept the creature uh, when it was not in tour. Both men were entirely convinced that this was the, link, the missing link and it might actually still be alive today. 
Humans even published an article describing the creature and even giving its official scientific name, Homo pongoides, which means ape-like man. When further examining the creature, they had four signs. It had found signs of injury, such as a broken wrist and even its eye dangling loose, as it appeared as if it were shot in the back of a head, of its head. Humans, humans claimed that the creature actually started off in Vietnam and its injuries shown were actually from being shot in the Vietnam War. Who's to say? The story, along with many that Frank Hansen have told about when, quote-unquote, the body was discovered, actually proved this to be a hoax. Not only that, but prima, prime, log, primal whatever. The person who studies primates, basically. Okay by the name of John R. Napier, went to go and observe the creature and found that this was actually a latex model. Not only that, but when he looked at photos taken of the creature over the years, he noticed that the creature in each photo had different features. Some showed the model with its teeth open, some showed it with it closed, some showed it with teeth exposed, others did it. And of course, Hansen had the quote-unquote logical explanation that he claimed that he has replaced the real creature with a fake one in order to prevent people from believing that he was actually the one that shot the creature in the head. <laughs> the original model was actually bought in 2013 by the Museum of the Weird located in Austin, Texas, where it is still displayed for people to marvel in its sight. So, the last one's a hoax. last one's a hoax. Oh, it's a trick. It's a curse. It's a Trickers, yeah. Like there's, like there's some. I mean, you could do fall down a rabbit hole when it comes to like mummifications, or not mummifications, but actual mummies. Mm. You know, like we tend to think of mummies. We tend, you know, we tend to think of them of like the traditional mummy Egyptian wrap. You know, that's that's just the face of the mummy. Think of mummy. That's the word of it. Uh But there's like so many different versions. Not versions, but different cultures have their own versions of mummies. Like uh, and mummifications, like there's some monks, I think it's in Russia, who mummify themselves. They 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 pr- they pray for days at a time without eating, and they eat a certain they drink a certain tea, yeah. and that tea kind of embalms their body, and they have to sit in a lotus position, and that's how they die, and they get mummified. Mm-hmm. So they do it while they're alive, and if you do that, you get you're basically a saint, and then they keep you, like, and then you're just someone people worship to, like a statue people worship to. Yeah. There's things like that. They put on display. And there's uh, there's this one, uh, I think she's Chinese princess. Oh, she's, yeah, she's, yeah. she's one of the most well-preserved mummies in the world to the to the point where, like, they found blood in her veins. What? And she's old as fuck. She's like a like a blood, type blood A or whatever. They found blood in her, like, she still had eyelashes. Her hair was still there. Like, she's what? just complete complete and there's another one too of some dude who who during an expedition he got he got he died and they and he died during an expedition i think it's antarctica i guess the one i was confusing what achi's with mm-hmm. and he was so well preserved the only thing that's missing is his eyelashes they still had they still found food in his stomach and his in his face and some of his features are blue that's just because the linen they put over him the ink of the linen of the cloth kind of just melted onto his skin so that's why he's parts of him are part are, are like patched to blue that's just because of the cloth they covered, you know, they covered them in, but they found them complete. There's other ones where they found where uh, old tribes where they would send tributes for their gods, and they would send three children up 
to the, to the mountains for them to freeze to death, and you can see them like huddled together. What the fuck? Like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, like that's the all this. Yeah, the lady. What was yeah. what's her name? Lady Die. Lady Die. Lady Die Shinju, which is the Hunan. Go up. Which, which is from the Hunan Provincial Museum. She's from Changsha, China. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. They found blood in her veins, and they know what she ate. They know she was diabetic. Everything. She was overweight. She had backpacks. She had gallstones. They found all of that. It's nuts. She was overweight. <laughs> That's what you were talking about, right? That's, That's Vladimir Lenin. Yep. Yeah. All these pictures. The bog man. That one's trippy. Watch. Go up. Go up a little bit. That bog man one. I want to post Look that at his one. Face, dude. That's from like a thousand years ago. He fell inside a bog. Someone. So there's a farmer who was looking for missing cows of his, and he found this body in a bog. It's so well preserved. He thought it was a recent murder that just happened. So he called the authorities and they're like, oh, dude, yeah, this dude's dead. But he died like 700 years ago. Congratulations, you're finding yourself a mummy. Hey. That's how well preserved he is. So there's like so many different, you guys, please just go out and look for it, you know, look into it. That's one of the ones I was talking about, one of the children that they, uh, that they used for, uh, that they would just set up as like, as sacrifices. And she's intact. You could tell by the, her clothes, she just completely froze in prayer. Mm-hmm. Just because they sent her up, like, oh, yep, you're going to be our sacrifice for the tribe. And that's the monks I'm telling you about, the ones that died in lotus position. Yeah. Those are the ones who would just die mid-prayer. And that's why they're so peaceful. Every time you see one of those lotus monks, their faces are peaceful because they're in prayer. And they're just so focused on the prayer. Oh, and that's what, those are the markers in Everest, dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the red jacket, dead, dead corpse, that means we're this high up. They use dead people's bodies as markers. Yeah. Not ever. It's nuts. Because they're saying that it costs way too much. They're saying yeah, that to bring them down. $30,000 just to bring them down. And red. Yeah. So they just use them as markers. Mm-hmm. It sucks. But like. this. How far are you? Yeah, I'm at. Uh, I'm at the red coat guy. I'm at the red. That's fucked up, dude. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was fascinating as hell to me. Talking about mummies. Talking about these death rituals. Facts, the mummies from around the world, the embalming process, the mummification pro- process. I've, I've always, there's something about Egypt that's always captured my imagination. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the cartoon that I watched as a kid called Mummies Alive. I don't know if that spawned it. I don't know if it's the <laughs> Brendan Fraser movies. I, I don't know what it is. Like, like I mentioned in a previous few episodes that, um, I've written comic books. Like I've, I, that's one of the things I'm trying to do. And one of the comic books I pitched was an Egyptian-themed comic book. So just something about it, Egypt is always calls to me. I don't know if it's because it's old and mysterious, which I'm pretty, which is why I'm putting my money on. That's why I'm so attracted to it. But for whatever reason, so I had a blast just doing these episodes, like doing episodes like this. And then, like I said, I was really, I was pretty upset that we didn't get to go to the King Tut Museum. Like, but I was. Yeah, that was a bummer. We post we postponed the podcast to film, you know, to go check it out. I'm like, oh, maybe we might find new info. Yep. And there were King Tut was like, Sorry. no, you wait. So, do you guys have anything else to add before we end this episode? This is curse. <laughs> but but there's a lot of things been going on in the world. Like a few days ago, USA just launched a few missiles at Stupid. Syria as a retaliation. For you know, for chemical warfare that they're using over in Syria, so there's a lot of shit going on. You know, there's all these gases, nuclear, so there's nuclear war, nuclear threat going around, and this, and so because of that, you guys, you guys could join us next week as we will talk about how to survive a zombie apocalypse in case it happens. So join us next week. It might be a two part. Most likely, it's gonna be a two part because we have a lot of things we're gonna cover. 
we're gonna cover you know like we're gonna cover things like the outbreaks how to spot a zombie choosing a hideout like knowing your surroundings what kind of weapons and tools and how to fight a zombie and then you're gonna hear our own individual survival guide on how we ourselves would go about surviving the zombie apocalypse so that's gonna be a blast to talk about and if you guys don't have anything to add uh we are the weird history and eerie tales pod thank you for listening bye-bye love you (laughs) 